0: Live from the Tech Talk studios in the nation's capital and the heartland of America, it's Tech Talk.
1: You know what? I always start out by saying it's your favorite time of the week. But listen, our guest today, it's going to be your favorite time of the week. I'm Brad Cost, my co-host Dr. Jay Greenstein. You're listening to Tech Talk, Jay. Buddy, Brad, we got a great guest today, but you know we we uh, we skipped a couple of sessions here for the holidays. How did how did your holidays go? Uh, I know you got back to see your family. How did things go? Holidays were great. Yeah,
2: I ended up you know seeing my dad you know for his 91st birthday a few weeks before the holidays and and just kind of had a little time to chill with them and came back home and chilled at home and you know you know I like to work so got a lot of work done but um holidays were good except for that damn college football <laughs> semifinal game Brad like literally I heard fireworks going off right as the kicker was kicking the ball for Ohio yeah. State it was like yeah I'm like what the hell like it like literally at the exact same time I'm like oh fuck we're not winning this game but you know it happens. Um, yeah, we can know, talk you, about
1: that towards the end. Yeah, you and I were texting back and forth, and I just all of a sudden, Kendra and I were on the couch, and just all of a sudden, our jaws dropped and going, Kendra goes, Boy, that's going to upset Jay. Isn't it? And <laughs> I, it took me a while to respond. I had to find, figure out the correct way to compose that text to get back to you, man.
2: Yeah, it sucked, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's what football. Are you gonna gonna
1: do? can only control what you can control, right? And there's always another year. That's the cool thing.
2: That's exactly right, and I'm I'm very happy because even though I was devastated, um, what's making up for that is is our boy Baron is on our podcast right now. So absolutely, it's, it's automatic cheering me up time right now.
1: <laughs> so we got a great we've got a great guest today because one he's been our friend for a long time. Uh, we've done a lot of things with this gentleman, uh, and that sounds uh, a little weird. <laughs> 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 really, really
3: category, so that's good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we spend a lot of time talking um consuming adult beverages uh you, you know talking about the profession uh he, again he's been with us doing things off and on for many many years so i'm gonna let you have the honor of introducing our guest Jake.
2: yeah it's my pleasure so um i want baron to tell the story of of some of the early some of the early uh Events that we had together, you know, having fun, but Baron has been a good friend of mine for a very long time um, he is his his official title is. President or executive director, I think, of the Chiro- Chiropractic Defense Council. Um, I'm really excited for him to share the work that he's doing because it is monumental, and I don't I don't use that word loosely. It is truly monumental with what Barron is doing for our profession. Um, he's had lots of positions, leadership positions in chiropractic, everything from the Ohio State Chiropractic Association to Congress to now this position that he's in, which suits him extremely well. We'll talk about that in just a minute, but Barron our boy welcome my friends
3: hey, hey thanks boys always a pleasure to talk with you guys man always a pleasure
2: so baron I, I i really want you to tell a couple of stories today but i think the most important story that i want you to start with right now is really how you got into chiropractic like how did that all happen
3: yeah it was literally it's a god thing um anyone that has followed me or known me forever knows you know my faith and and um I, you know, I was a con artist. I, I just was. I, I have the gift of gab. I like to talk. Um, I was an <laughs> overweight kid, and so the one way that I got what I wanted was running my mouth, and and uh, I got really good at it. And I can. I don't know a stranger. I have a very high confront. I don't mind awkward situations. I actually like creating them. Um, You're good at that. And you know, but I, yeah, I am good at that. Uh, you know, but back then I was just. Uh, you know, I, I was doing it for identity. I was doing it for acceptance. I was doing it so that I had some place in the world because I didn't fit in the typical stereotypes in high school. You know, I, I, was, I was an athlete, but I didn't look like the quarterback, right? So I was, I was more like the center that was the linebacker. And so um, at any rate, I, I just I, I had all of these like skills, and I, I had an experience with God when I was 19 years old. And um, I ended up leaving Michigan, which is where I'm from originally, and moved to Ohio uh, in 1994. Um, went to college, um, ended up having a kid at 19 years old. Um, don't recommend it. Praise God that we made it through it. Um, and that's a whole other awesome story that's gone yes, full, full circle here. But anyway, I was just floundering. And I didn't, I, you know, when I had my daughter, um, part of the reason that I have such an amazing relationship with her is I changed as a human the minute that she took her first breath. Like, it literally changed me. Anyone that's had a kid and seen that knows exactly what I'm talking about. And But I was 19. I was scared out of my gourd. And um, I just knew I had to get my life straight. So at the time, I was working in a job that I got fired from, from running my mouth, uh, rightfully so. And so I was looking for a job. I applied to McDonald's. I applied to uh, Walmart. I I had no pride at that time, man. It's like, I got a kid. I got to get to work. I'll work my way up. I was never afraid of getting my hands dirty. My dad was a truck driver. You know, I grew up just being, you know, very, very blue collar. And, um, and so I was ready for it and I answered an ad in a paper that said looking for an office manager in a local doctor's office. Um, and for whatever reason, I had zero reason. I had some clinical experience cause I was studying psychology and communication in college. I, I had some knowledge that I felt like I could apply for this job. Um, I applied for it and ended up being a chiropractor. Um, I knew nothing about chiropractic, didn't know it existed, never been to one. No one I had ever known had ever been to one. Literally did not even know it was a thing. And so this guy hires me because chiropractors do a great job hiring people. (laughs) Um, That's a whole other podcast. But, but, uh, you know, he hired me because he knew I knew everybody in town. Come to find out what he wanted was a marketer. He called me an office manager, but he wanted me to bring in new patients. And um, so he was a client of David Singer at the time. And, uh, and so he sent me to a singer seminar literally within my first week. So I'm getting Scientologized right from the get-go, learning the primary script, four-day report of findings, just all of this stuff. And I'm just like, this is crazy. But I was still somewhat a con artist. Like, I didn't care. I, my job, I got bonused on closing. And so for the first three months, all I cared about was closing people. And uh, I was scared to death. Chiropractic freaked me out. The only time I had ever seen a cervical adjustment was from Jean-Claude Van Damme in the movies. And it was not (laughs) to restore life, man. It was, (laughs) as a matter of fact, the exact opposite. So I'm like, you're not touching me. So I literally didn't get adjusted for the first three months. Which chiropractors do uh, listening, if you have a staff member that won't get adjusted, get rid of them. I'm telling you, or at least sit down and have the conversation and explain why there has to be congruency in your team. But it was not okay that they allowed me to keep working, but I was closing people and bringing people in, so they loved me. So uh, long story short, it led me about three and a half months in. I was doing my job, closing people. I didn't believe in it, just doing my job. Showed up and went home. Um, And I had a patient. We've all had a patient, the patient that just will rock you to your core. Uh, His name was Jim. Um, and Jim came in, it, it, we all had a Jim because Jim was the spouse of a patient that was in love with chiropractic. And so his wife absolutely loved our doc, just breathed that she was that Medicare patient that wanted to come in every day and you had to explain you can't do that, right? right. Know, that was. That was Margie. Um, and so when he came in, he had his arms crossed, and he, he was just like, I could tell he didn't want to be there. I'm like, I go through my spiel, and, and I'm like, so what's going on? He goes, you can't help me. I'm 74 years old. I'm an old farmer. I'm arthritic, but my wife won't stop nagging me, so I'm really just here to shut her up. I'm like, hey, done deal. Give me two weeks. If at the end of two weeks it doesn't work, we'll shut her up. No worries. And, uh, and that literally was my conversation because to me it was a close. I just closed the, do- the, the guy for two weeks. And I went about my business, totally forgot about him. And then um, two weeks later, staff comes by and says, "Hey, he wants to see you." I'm like, "Well, must not have worked, so whatever." So I go in my office, uh, bring him in. And this time, he had—he was didn't have that disposition. He was more somber, and and uh, so I could tell he was looking at me weird. I'm like, "So what's going on, brother?" And he goes, "Well, you know, I'm a little bit better, but that's not why I want to talk to you." And then he started crying. Now, you really have to understand, like, me growing up. Like, my dad was a Vietnam vet, did not show emotion. Like, we didn't have tears in our house. Like, you just didn't do that if you if you had male genitalia. Like, that just wasn't the way it worked. So I'm on my heels. Like, right, here's a, 74, a 74-year-old big old burly guy. We, he's crying in front of me. So I did what any red-blooded American would do. I cried, too, and said, let's, um <laughs> let, you know, awesome. all right, I'll join you here, brother. <coughs> Excuse me. And so... He looks at me and he goes, I'm feeling a little bit better, but that's not why I want to talk to you. I'm like, all right, well, what's up? He goes, I didn't tell you this when I came in, but I've literally for the last 20 years had an issue wetting myself. He used other vocabulary, but he said, I've had an issue wetting myself. And then he really poured it on. And I'm just like, dude, TMI, like I don't want that visual in my head. What are you talking about? (laughs) And uh, he goes, he looks at me, he goes, but since I've been coming here, I don't have that problem. And he goes, I took my wife on a date for the first time in almost 20 years, and I want to thank you for giving me my life back. Wow. I'm telling you. I literally it I got struck in the face with lightning. Like there were two major things that hit me. Come to find out at the end of the day I was talking to my doctor and I said, "Hey, what did you think about Jim today?" And he's like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "It was good, you know? He seems to be doing all right." I'm like, "He didn't tell you?" He's like, "Tell me what?" So I went through and told him the story. He goes, "Oh my gosh, no, he didn't say a word to me." And I found that so odd to me. I wasn't the chiropractor. I didn't. I didn't really deliver the adjustment. I didn't. All I did was talk him into giving me some time and trying it out. But right in that moment, two things hit me, like again, like a lightning strike in the face. Number one, I did not have to have a DC after my name to change the world through chiropractic. The fact that that individual thanked me, not the doctor, for changing his life, and I didn't do anything other than just tell him the story of chiropractic. I, I knew right then and there. I don't care if I'm the doctor or not. I am going to change the world through chiropractic. The second thing I learned was I couldn't be a hypocrite. I had to understand how is it that a 74-year-old can say that he gets his life back. Remember, this is back in the mid-90s. Like... Anything over 40, you were about ready to get buried as far as I was concerned, right? I mean, so this guy's like already expected to be dying in my mind. And he's like, I got a new lease on life. So I, I literally became a student. I'm like, what are we doing here? What is happening? What looks so trivial to me from the adjustment could do that to an individual I just didn't see that in my world and so I became a student I literally started sending myself to technique seminars learning how to adjust I sent myself my doc wouldn't pay for some of them so I did it on my own and I became a sponge and the more I learned the more impassioned I got but then the more it was more strange to me the more chiropractors I met the more unhappy people I met and I'm like how can you get to do this for a living and hate it like <laughs> what is the going like I was such a conundrum to me. And that's ultimately where I got started in the coding and documentation world because what I found was it was the business of chiropractic that was destroying everyone in the 90s. We came yeah. out of the Mercedes 80s, 80s, got into that managed care world. Chiropractic was not ready for it. Totally got blown over by managed care and, and uh, uh, networks and fee schedules and you know medical necessity, evidence base, kicked our butt. All those things during that period of time was kind of when I was growing up in this profession, and so I became you know a certified professional coder. I wanted to know how to be able to handle those issues and that just kind of sent me on my path but but it was God it was just I took it I took a job I mean that, that was it's really such it. a
2: great story it's such a great story and and just just share with us a little bit more bearing because you 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 took that and you you created exponential impact through the things that you were doing you didn't just work for one doctor anymore you know you you created more val- like lots more value as you continue to rise in the career so just give us that timeline really quick
3: yeah so again i started in um it was 96 i think is when i i took that job um yeah because it was yeah it was right before my daughter was born so 96 and um and again i went through that journey but as soon as i got that bug like we grew like we were seeing about 90 people a week we were at 300 within two and a half months wow. like i just could not stop running my mouth i i in hindsight Not that the guy that hired me was that smart. He wasn't the practicing chiro there. He just owned the clinic. But in hindsight, he did see in me a kid that if he understood chiropractic, he's probably going to run his mouth about it. And that, that that was a quality. So kudos to him for giving me a chance, and I'm very, very thankful. Yeah. Long story short, he owned four other clinics, and so I, he was blown away with the growth that we had. And like, my doc and I in that original clinic, like we had a machine. Like I did all the consultations. I did the x-rays. I did the report of findings. All my doctor did was adjust and examine. That was it because I loved him. He was still one of the best adjusters, but he couldn't say his name without confusing himself. So I'm like, you shut your mouth, <laughs> use your hands, and I'll do the talking. And so we had a great (laughs) partnership. And, and we just grew. Like, you know, I was kind of a patient advocate. I moved out of the kind of marketing role, and I became the retention patient management guy because I told my doc, why do you have me out bringing new people in? Why don't we just get the people we already – or keep the people we already got? Like, for me, this is like a duh. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I promise. All you care about at the end of the month is numbers, right? You just want us to see more people and make more money. Let me do it my way. And he's like, all right. And so I did. And so retention was great. And all I was doing was telling the story. All, all I was doing was you need to get adjusted. I don't know understand all of it. And then when I would go to a seminar, I'd come back and I'd be like, you know, diarrhea again. So anyway, he's, he's like, uh, I want you to, can you do this in my other clinics? I'm like, sure. So then I became director of operations for his whole network and we grew those other clinics. I went and did the same thing, worked with their doctors, worked with their staff. We kind of duplicated the system and it was all on passion, not intelligence, just pure, because I still, it, it, you know, again, I make fun when I say con artist, but I really am, because I'm, if I love something enough, I may not say the right words, but you're going to think that I know everything there is to know about it, because that's just the confidence I exude, and, and I try to explain that to doctors now. When you got con artists and not really good adjusters, how are they so successful? Because they just talk with confidence. And the number one lesson I told my kids, communicate in confidence, it doesn't matter what it is, and you will be successful, because people sure. want to deal with people that are confident. Yep. And so. Grew those four clinics, I uh, had a fallout with the guy that owned the clinic. He didn't really live up to our deal that we had. Um, and so I ended up getting hired by a company out of Florida um, to be there. Everyone was blown away that I wasn't a chiropractor, but I had the passion I had and and they're like this is crazy you have more passion than most chiropractors i still get that when people introduce me and um and so they hired me and that little stint i won't use the name of the organization because it's just not even worth mentioning that stint of of 11 months taught me everything not to do in business hmm. um, how to how to abuse your knowledge how to do all of this stuff they put a lot of chiropractors in very bad positions um, when I left that job, my guilt caused me to open or start a consulting company so that I could go back and undo all of the work that I had done with this company because it just, it just wasn't ethical. Um, and that's how I got into consulting. And so I did that for about 10 years. I built a nice business, all referral-based, going in and just, you know, the difference that I had rather than doing seminars um, where everyone came to me, I went to them. And I spent time in their clinic for two days. So we literally changed their forms. We literally trained their staff. I went around town and told them the places that they could market better. We moved plants in the office so flow would be better. So it was very different in that time. This was in the early 2000s. Um, and so it was very unique. And so I was building quite a name for myself as the coding guy that, that could put passion behind documentation and coding. And Brad, that's when you and I met. You know, yeah. I, was, I was the guy that wasn't scaring people in the room about everything you're going to do that's going to put you in jail. I was exciting them about telling the story of chiropractic through the code set. Here's the right. right way to tell your story and get them excited and get them to want to code properly because it's better reimbursement. It's also better retention. So I was an anomaly at that time where everyone else was scaring people to death. I was a guy that was you know you still call me Preacher Baron. I think I don't know what Sir Sir Preacher or something like that, Brad. I don't know what you call me, but yep. you, you know that yeah, Reverend. Reverend, the right <laughs> Reverend. That's what you call me. Yeah, and um, and so that was my niche. And so then state associations started hearing about me as this coding guy, and coding was a big issue for everyone. So I started speaking at all these state associations, and I got a name for myself just as being the guy that was helping state organizations. And really, I'm not that intelligent. I'm deviously handsome for those of you that can. Yes, see Yes, you face. are, Reverend. Deviously handsome. Obvious. Um, the, the one thing, uh, maybe there's two things that I say have led my path, right? I'm 26 years in this. I don't even have a bachelor's degree, by the way. I never finished school. I got so passionate about chiropractic, I just quit school and, and did my thing. Um, one is my passion. I have a relentless love for chiropractic. I mean relentless love for chiropractic. Um, my second thing is I am not afraid of failure. I, I literally I I failed. I've never done anything right the right first time. I I just, I learn from it and then I auto correct. And it's, so I don't, that doesn't scare me. It doesn't scare me to do something wrong. I'll apologize, make it right to the people that I may have heard or done wrong, and then I'll move on. And I've done that in my career and I've made a lot of mistakes. But people just saw me as an honorable person that did what I said I was going to do. I was giving way more than I was getting. And so I created this. Everyone just loved my energy, right? I vibrated at a high frequency, and people wanted to be around me. Jay, you, I know you, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're the exact same way. And, um, and, but I was this young kid that was in love with chiropractic when, in a time when people were hating chiropractic because of managed care and all that stuff. 2010, um, I had some personal issues with, with my marriage and um, was given an ultimatum, either my marriage or, or my travel. And so I sold two of my companies to save my marriage. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do, and as God always does, he provides. I was offered the position of the executive director at the Ohio State Chiropractic Association. I didn't apply for it. Um, They just had an issue of some embezzlement from the previous executive director. It was a quick fire. They had no money. They were almost bankrupt. Um, I was in Ohio. They knew who I was because of who I was as a speaker. Um, And I'd never dealt with that side of the profession. I'd always been on the vendor side, right? I was the one going to seminars, speaking, having booths, selling my stuff. And so I was like, I I said, if you let me run it my way, then, then I'll do it. And so I ended up getting that job in 2010. I had no clue what I was doing. No clue what I was doing. Um, As a matter of fact, I made some pretty severe mistakes in that job. Um, You know, I I ran it like it was my business, and I realized you don't do that with a nonprofit that has a board. You kind of have to be (laughs) held accountable to what you're doing, and you can't make risks because it's not your money. It's their money. And so, yeah, my first year there, we had amazing growth. Um, I think we had 300 members when I took over. By the end of that year, we were at 700 members. So we had explosive growth in the first year, but I spent every penny because I was investing it into the business. Um, my board didn't know that, and so we get to the end of the year. They're expecting this massive surplus. Mind you, everything was in the financials. I didn't hide anything, but it's your typical financial guy that steps up in the board meetings and says, we're in good financial position. Everyone goes, yay, and they go sit down. And so that was kind of the extent of it. Um, and so there was some turmoil in the beginning. Like, I had to learn what it meant to work for a board I had to I was a I was a radical I'd always worked for myself I did whatever the hell I wanted to do if it worked great if it didn't I licked my wounds and I went on and you couldn't do that in in that job and so thankfully I had a, a board at the time that was gracious and so we made some changes to the policies to make sure that that you know they never get blindsided again but then we continued to go through great growth um, you know by the time I left we were at 1200 members Wow and, um, and you know we were just I just changed it I changed the entire mindset of what the job of the association was. I felt, not judged to any other state association, there are amazing executive directors out there, my skill set was telling the story of chiropractic. That that's what I felt our job. I knew what our doctors wanted. They wanted to see more people and get paid fairly for it. That was it. I didn't need to survey my membership to find out what they wanted. I know what sure. they wanted. Sure. They wanted more people and they wanted to get paid fairly for it. I felt, just from business one oh one reimbursement is directly correlated to value whether that's from the insurance company or the patient if we can actually educate them on the value of what we're doing people will pay more so that's what i did i turned the our, our association into a marketing company that hmm. just went out and told the story of chiropractic we did it legislatively we did it uh in through the insurance world we did it in the communities we did it in small towns we, we were just telling the story of chiropractic and. And people loved that. That resonated with our group. That's why they became members. We did more seminars. We we threw parties. We did all kinds of marketing things. And we had some significant changes in Ohio during that period of time of 2010 to 2016. Uh, Very, very proud of my tenure there. I I own my mistakes that I made, but I'm very, very proud of my tenure there and, and what we did for chiropractic. But, you, you know, Baron,
1: have- that, that was about the time that that I came into your world and you had this major growth. And you, you're telling an amazing story. But I want to give you a second to take a, a breath. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to take a break and we're going to get right back to uh, to tech talk with uh, Reverend Baron Hogue today. Hey, I'm, Brad Goss, my co-host. My, I'm Brad Goss, my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. We'll be right back.
4: Starting your weekend out right with the data jocks of talk. It's Tech Talk. Welcome to Infinity. We have worked hard to create an electronic claims website that is simple and user friendly. This is the public side. You can log into your personal web portal here. This is your dashboard. You can personalize it to your liking here. Our main focus has been to allow you to submit and edit claims as easy as possible. You will find our claims editor and claims processing simple to use and straightforward. Our quick action bar is where you can find your most important information. Most of these icons will take you directly to the claims the number represents. You can easily view if you have any messages in your inbox of any unread alerts by looking for these blue numbers. To view the rest of our training videos, to get the most of your Infinity experience, click this icon. We hope you find this web portal simple and easy to use. Thanks for letting us serve you.
0: Your Weekly Dose of Talk. Get ready. With the Data jocks of Talk. And now to a tragic news story. We just learned that a chiropractor recently called his EHR company for help after being forced into yet another platform transition. And the wait times were so egregious... The doctor died while on hold. Our sources tell us he was put on hold for over 176 hours. Apparently, the staff had left early to take advantage of all the extra fees they charge. Ever wonder where all those nickels and dimes go? Don't let this happen to you. PayDC offers its all inclusive software. For one low monthly fee, backed by a team that both respects and empowers chiropractors and their staff, sign up for a free software demo below and see how Rebels do EHR. Down, down, down.
4: Let's slow it down. With the hot data jocks of talk, oh. it's TED talk.
2: What's up, everybody? It's Dr. J here with two of my very good friends, Mr. Brad Cost and Mr. Oh, excuse me, Reverend Baron Hoag. Hoag. Baron, uh, this is great. I love your stories, Um, it is so impactful and heartfelt. Share with us how you transitioned from you know, owning your own consulting company and then going from the Ohio State Chiropractic Association to then going to the national level, because you've held multiple positions now at the national level. So just you know, share with us about that journey.
3: Yeah. Um, so at my, I got some attention at the association, obviously, because I was doing things differently. Um, and I went to my first Cairo at the time. It was COXA, the, the Congress of Chiropractic State Associations, now called Cairo Congress. Um, and I went to my first meeting, and, you know, it was very interesting for me see, meeting these people and seeing things. But, again, I can't keep my mouth shut. So, I, you know, people are asking questions. I'm like, here's what we're doing or here's what I did. And literally, so I went that first year. The second year I missed because I had a personal conflict. I got voted onto the board the year I wasn't there. Um, so I, that's how I got on, dead, dead serious. I Obviously, through the year I had made friends and I was working on projects and doing things. And very vocal, but I, how I got on the board is I just became district director at large when I wasn't there. Everyone's like, we think Barron should do it. And so um, I served on the, the Cairo Congress board for five years, um, literally some of the best times that I've had. Those That period of time with that organization was so fun, yeah. um, loved it. And then, obviously, when I made the decision to leave the OSCA in 2016, I could no longer hold that position within Cairo congress so i resigned from Cairo congress at the same time that i resigned from the association and that really came and i'll I'll make this short i promise because i know i I, I like to ramble but i want to make this point because it leads into why i'm doing what i'm doing now i love this profession i mean both of my kids my daughter just graduated chiropractic school my son's headed to chiropractic school like i am all in this is what i'm going to be doing until i take my last breath um, but I am so infuriated with the way that our profession operates. It's unacceptable. It's, it's disgusting, really, that we have the best product on the planet and we can't stop fighting ourselves to actually tell the story, that people are literally dying every single day because they don't know we exist and because we can't get out of our own way. And that happened in Ohio. Um, we ended up into a, a drug conversation and a war with a certain section of our state that really wanted – to change our scope to do drugs and I had built the strong association. We had great resources We had great lobbyists now we, we had that if we were going to do it now would have been the time so they kind of ran a little coup and uh, ran aboard and, and tried to, you know, accuse me of a bunch of stuff. And, um, and I was like, I'm not in this to defend myself. Like, if you don't want me here, I'll go do something else. And I was just done. I just couldn't, I couldn't handle how we were doing so many amazing things, and it imploded so quickly. Um, and so I resigned, and I just said, I'm not doing it. I don't want to answer to a bunch of people that I'm fighting with all the time. And if I'm the problem, I'd rather you get someone else you can work with, maintain what we've done, and I'll go do something else. So uh, one of my amazing, amazing mentors, God rest his soul, Dr. Tom Clapp, um, knew me very well because of my time at Cairo Congress and other reasons. And so we were talking, and he shared with me a quote that has literally changed bra- my life do, to this day. Did break up, Brad? Um, and it was from Buckminster Fuller.
2: Go ahead. Hey, you broke up a little bit. So, say, so just start I'll again, it again out. Yep. with um, my, one of my amazing mentors, Tom okay. Clapp.
3: Yeah, one of my amazing mentors, um, God rest his soul, was Dr. Tom Clapp. Uh, he knew what was going on. He knew I was leaving the association. And he, and he gave me a quote that really changed my entire life. And it's from Buckminster Fuller that says that you cannot change an existing reality by fighting it. You need to create a new model that makes the old model obsolete. And that was it that that just clicked in my head and i said okay i want to start an organization that is so focused on just getting stuff done and not getting into the political mixer straights, fights all of that so we created an organization called one chiropractic um, and it was one profession one purpose and the person was or the purpose was to make chiropractic the number one healthcare choice in the world and so since 2016 i've been doing various different things with that um, you know, we've been helping state organizations. We took on a number of different battles that happened here or there since then. But in, in the uh, February of 21, um, after the COVID, after all of that stuff happened, I had a conversation with a great friend, a good friend of yours now, Dr. Steve Franson. And then he pitched this idea to me of, of the Chiropractic Defense Council, and he's like, we need a navy seal strike team we need something where when the profession's under attack there's a unified approach to just go and knock it out we have all the knowledge we have all the resources but we're so segmented we're so you know Separated that we can't ever respond appropriately, and so it just gets very laborsome, and it doesn't get done right. He goes, imagine if there was an organization, had the attorneys, had the lobbyists, had the researchers, had the content experts. The minute that it came down, we could deploy them, and we could just destroy anyone that challenges us, and I just got so excited. This was right after Dr. Clapp's passing, so I was really kind of floundering, looking for a purpose, and that was that other lightning strike in my life in February of 21, and so we, uh, we put it together. Um, and so since then, we have the Chiropractic Defense Council. We're now in nine countries. Um, we've taken on and successfully won 648 cases defending Stop. the rights of chiropractors. Stop. Stop. I,
2: like, I think people, the audience is just going to, they're going to like, over, they're, they're gonna, it's like that's not going <laughs> to register with them. Audience, listen up. How many fucking cases have you won?
3: Yeah, 646 to date.
2: Like that, That's insane. Insane. Sorry, Baron. Keep going.
3: No, you're good. And these are cases, to be clear, they're not like court cases going before the U.S. Supreme Court. These are cases where chiropractors are targeted by their licensing boards or their regulatory bodies. These are cases in New Zealand and Australia where the governments were coming after chiropractors that were practicing not being vaccinated. Um, These are cases here in the U.S. I mean, we had seven states that mandated chiropractors had to be vaccinated. And we, along with a number of state associations, we worked in great combination with them. But we successfully defended the right for our chiropractors. Poor guys in Rhode Island literally were being threatened to be thrown in jail in Rhode Island. And we were able to successfully defend them and and give those that chose to stay in practice some safety net that if someone came after them, there was someone there to back them up. And no one one else was stepping up. And I understand why. I, I, I get... Why associations, it's hard for them to plant that flag, right? Because they have memberships on different sides of the issue. They have political relationships and contexts. Exactly it's very right. difficult yep. for yep. them to do that. And they shouldn't do that. But the profession right. needed somebody that would. And so yep. we would step and put that stake in the ground and said, hell no, this is not happening. People have the right to choose whether you want it or not. I don't care about that discussion. I care that you have the right to choose. And for you to not be able to serve the general public because of it, screw you. We're going to make sure that happens.
1: And, you know, you've got to love... Now, after this is sort of over and the data's been reviewed, oh gosh, it's coming yeah. back, isn't it? To say, hey, yeah. we were right in the very beginning, and yeah. Yep. You know, that's that's you got to blame that on the government. You got to blame that on the response. Hey, and what are the reasons? And now we're un, you know, the, it's being uncovered. Some of these guys were sitting on Pfizer's board, and you know, there were all kinds of reasons. And none of them were, what is right the appropriate right. response for humans and, and, and doing the right thing? And, um,
3: it, and it's super exciting because in Australia, that's coming full circle because now they've yeah. just ruled they were very draconian. They're, New Zealand and Australia were way worse than anything here in the right. U.S. Australia yeah. had the, the longest shutdown of anyone in the world. And But what's happening now is it's coming full circle where they are now giving the right of the physicians that were mandated to be vaccinated to sue opera which is their regulatory board which in turn can sue the government because they that. were mandated i love to do that yeah. that's so fantastic it's, 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 it's flipping so now there's so many cases retro going back because of all of the um, negative effects of the vaccination and these guys are now turning it back on the government so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple of years here but, uh, especially yeah, crazy environment yeah.
2: yeah here in the u.s especially <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah it's very really, you know the the way our laws are structured, it's very hard to sue the government. It goes back Here to the in the US, the sue UB. the sovereign. Yeah. yeah, it's but if they win know, in those laws. other
3: governments, then it's going to trickle down to different types uh, of. It's exa- of exactly right,
1: it, and I think yeah. last week it was, you know, mm-hmm. the Pentagon has come out and said, you know, we're going to rescind. Uh, yep. You know, it just keeps moving. It seems like every week. I, I mean, the government takes some hits and and it gets realigned. It. You know, I know that's what happens in many, many things. Things, um, things. the pendulum, pendulum swings far pendulum. one way. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and it goes the other way, and then ultimately it'll rot itself for a few years, but that's about a seven-year cycle that yeah. typically, from a data perspective, that happens. But, you know, our, our culture, Kendra and I was talking about this my wife, works at the university, and culture has really changed. I, I mm. mean, it's, and, and we're afraid that it's changed permanently because it affected the kids in ways – they've never had to deal with before and and they've gotten so used to that uh the other thing that i, I see that's changed that's a big effect this week i lost the largest tenant in my building that i am gonna lose them in 2024 it's two million a year for me mm. Th- that that's serious but the culture the things that are coming out of it may actually be, end up being better we've learned yeah. we can work remotely It's just so happens i happen to be in the downside of that one <laughs> right. and, and don't like that at all but yeah. You know is that better for human i can tell you my employees are happier uh where they can work from home in their pajamas and they've got kids there and and uh if so are we making and i was one of those hardcore business guys that said dude you gotta work 60 hours a week you gotta be in the office you gotta sweat and you know no one jay actually sort of helped me change that and made some of those rough points where i was struggling with why aren't we in the office working you know, I looked at him, and his staff is scattered all over the, yeah, I got uh, some, the world. Not
3: only that, but Jay does most of his work sitting at a bar on some beach. I've <laughs> witnessed <does>. him <laughs> with his headband, his cut-off shirts, his shorts, and sitting with a laptop at some bar. Like, hey, he, nothing wrong with that, brother. Ain't nothing wrong with nothing that. Nothing wrong with it. I love it.
1: Yeah, That's you so know, good. he ought, he. We ought to find a way that he just sells his home and he just goes from right. hotel to hotel to hotel.
3: Well, last year he could have because he. I know, one right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah,
2: right. Totally. So, yeah. Baron, I, I got. I got to acknowledge this, man, because we've, we've known each other and I feel very blessed because I feel like as we've been friends, as the years go on, actually it's with both you, both of you. Uh, but you're the guest. So I'll focus on you right now, Baron. Like I, our relationship has just gotten stronger and stronger and I've been closer and closer to you. You know, we share personal life stuff, yeah. right? Not just yeah. professional life yeah. stuff. And I, and I feel as you're sharing these stories and as I know your career trajectory, like. The CDC is like the perfect place for you because it combines your passion for chiropractic, but also your ethos for justice. And I share that, right? Like justice motivates me and I know what motivates you. And I, I I just, I want to commend you. I want to congratulate you. I want to thank you for doing the work that you're doing because it's so important because if not you, then who, and I think we're just blessed to have you. And um, and I can't wait to see how the world changes because of the work that you're doing. And we got to give Steve and, and the other people who oh, are working, absolutely. you know, yeah. the and and the CDC, like, you know, what a, what a smart thing to think about. And what a great way that you've executed it. So I just wanted to acknowledge that, brother.
1: Well, yeah, let me jump it. in there for a second, Baron. You know, we got separated after some years. We were together exactly. a lot in yep. the beginning and we separated a little bit. Things changed. You were one of our spokespeople. We sort of got to reconnect this last year. And, yeah, we have. Uh, hopefully been we're going to do some great things in the upcoming year. Yeah. But, you know, I had heard what you were doing with the CDC thing with one of our other guests, and uh, I didn't know that. I think that's an amazing thing that you're doing also, and more power to you. Hopefully we can help you in that. One of the connections we get back is start giving you some hard data that you might data. need to Absolutely. win some of those battles. Man. Yeah. So I'm going to take this second. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back.
4: Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
2: Hey everybody, this is Dr. Jay Greenstein. This is
4: Jay Greenstein. With me
2: today
3: is Dr. Jay Greenstein. Dr. Jay Greenstein.
2: The world around us, and healthcare specifically, is changing at an exponential pace. Chiropractic is perfectly positioned like we have never been right now today to be more successful and to be more impactful for the communities and patients that we serve. There are all sorts of evidence-based guidelines that, that support the use of non-pharmacological approaches. But what I want America to know is that health doesn't come from a pill. It's our responsibility as healthcare providers to educate the community about the evidence that exists. We really need to have a private practice app, something that will help us engage with our patients in ways that they've never experienced before. The intersection of technology and quality care is where the future of healthcare is at, and I'm really excited to bring that forward in the future.
5: So we all feel it, rent or dining out, gasoline or movies. As a matter of fact, the dollar is not going as far for a whole host of reasons. And it's impacting everybody, regardless of your financial situation. Did you know that 38% of the overall population is having to reconsider how they're spending their money just to afford the healthcare they need? And if you break it down further, 26% have actually delayed the healthcare that they need, including going to see you, the chiropractor. So here's what we need to know about the breakdown in demographics. You would think that someone who's making $120,000 or more would be continuing their care right now, but the actual number is 18%. 18% of that group is actually putting off healthcare. And that's a group of people making six figures. When you take that same information all the way down to a group making 40,000, that number's much higher. It's closer to 40%. So it's never been more important than now to make sure you've made it easy for your patients to come see you, that you have choices for them, and you understand what they're going through at home. We wanna make sure your practice thrives during this time, and we encourage you to learn about what Health USA can do for you and your practice and making it easy for patients to see you and continue care.
4: Spreading the love. You're listening to the Tech Slot. It's Tech, Tech Talk. Talk.
1: Okay. Welcome back, Tech Talk. Our guest, I call him the the Reverend Baron here, <laughs> just because uh, he was the spokesperson for us man he gets up and it's like at the end of when he's talking i want to like get the collection plates and pass them you know it's just like you know man i've had a religious experience here iron brimstone baby that's right buddy and um and it's good because people really relate to that to be quite honest you know they like that talk they like that passion that you give that fire that you give you know i've tried in my career of growing up as a speaker to to have some of that passion that you showed me baron back in the days because i know people really enjoy that so but let's let's finish up this segment this podcast in a a way let's just let me just open the door here about some of the fun things that we've done together what 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 our vision is going to be where we're going to be at this upcoming year that you can see the three of us hear us talk to us meet us at the bar talk to us well, listen, Alaska. Jay, A- 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 we got to start with Alaska. Funny, right? like, no. We had yeah. so much fun in Alaska. That Jay, was
3: I got to explain when people, because any event that Jay and I go to, you will yeah, see us from. It literally 100 yards away from each other, the minute we see each other, we're like, what's up, Birdman, <laughs> right? So if, if anyone listening to this, if you've ever seen that happen, and you're like, what are these guys talking about? So, uh, <laughs> Why it, are they it, flapping their arms? Exactly. Great story. So, uh, gosh, this was 2005, something like that. My son was really young. And um, I had a friend that had a box at the Redskins, Washington Redskins Stadium. And I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I grew up in Michigan and a Lions fan. And, uh, and so the Lions were playing the Redskins, and at the time, the Washington had RG3, which my son was in love with RG3 because he was like the face of the NFL for that year. And so as a birthday gift to him, I got field passes and, and a, a suite and all that stuff to go to D.C. So it was a father-son trip. So my son and I go. We go the night before. We stay at a hotel. We go play some games. Just awesome son experience. Get up the next morning. We're, we're going on the field. He's taking pictures with the cheerleaders. And then it clicked to me like, wait a minute, I need to text Jay because I know Jay treats the cheerleaders. So I wonder if some random chance Jay will be here. So we get up to the suite and uh, I make a call. I'm like, hey, brother. He's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, is there any chance you're at the game today? He goes, yeah, actually I am. I'm like, what section are you in? And he named like 203 (laughs) or something like that, or 103. And I'm like, oh, dude, that's directly across from us. He's like, where are you at? I said, well, I'm here. A guy got me into a suite. And he goes, just like Jay Fashion, without hesitation, go to the edge and flap your arms like a bird so I can find you. So here I am with all of these Visa-like people and my, like, seven-year-old son. And I'm on the edge flapping my arm. And I hear him on the phone, I see you. I see you. I'm like, all right, you flap your arms so I can see where you're at. And he's flapping his arms. And I was like, I see you. So, like, literally from that moment on, it, we've been bird men. Yeah, that's the, great. Every time we career. see each other,
2: it's always first flapping our wings
3: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah you know jay you mentioned alaska and uh that was one of the recent time that we've got this close little network of friends i don't it's growing i don't know it's little anymore but yeah we're friends we're not just associates we care about we talk to each other yeah we're family and we happen to all be coming to speak and talk in alaska for the uh, 50th uh, association for the alaskan chiropractic and we finally got together to do something as that entire group, <laughs> and we uh, we went out on a boat. So a those were other sound, You know, we really and, should have uh, just
3: had the boat for ourselves. Honestly, we, I thought well, that the other
1: people. Well, I think there were a couple people we annoyed, but I think there were some people on the boat that we also uh, we also our pleasure to. Yeah, yeah we entertained. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and listen, this was a fun trip. I mean, we we saw glaciers. Uh, we, yeah. I don't know how many Wild we were life. supposed we to see. But it was yeah. a little, yeah. Jay and I and, got ran
3: into a waterfall
1: yeah, yes that's, we, yeah we got
3: yeah
2: you guys yeah, were out on the on. tip and i was inside
1: <laughs> yeah. and the captain said watch this you know and he kept <laughs> she kept inching up there and they nah, were showing us a waterfall it. that was coming. Kind of, i said keep going <laughs>
3: yeah, I didn't know that
1: was happening <laughs> that was me <laughs> back
3: either Jay and I are looking at each other like dude we're gonna like literally go under this waterfall like what is going yeah. on
1: I said all right how far can we go she says it's really deep we can bump right up to the rock I said let's submerge <laughs> them <laughs> and that water come fouling down on you it I was, didn't know it you was were hilarious the for that it was awesome yeah, yeah. and uh and also baron fun.
2: dropped baron dropped his pants and, and he mooned everybody
3: uh not quite oh, oh, how no. I remember oh, actually, it. Maybe that there was, was me. Sighting, but uh <laughs> probably probably better it was yours than mine because it's a far better butt. But uh yeah, I, I did get to I got a close look, dude. You uh you must wax. That's all there, I gotta say. There
1: is photographic evidence out there somewhere.
3: <laughs> there is there is photographic evidence at this moment, actually. Yes there
1: is <laughs> But, you know, it, it was it was fun being together. Yeah, uh, we got to do that. We got to do that more often. You know, Listen, there's, here's there's, the deal, man.
3: You know, people use the adage work hard, play hard. Um, and people abuse that terminology in all in most cases, I believe. The beauty of this profession, and one of the reasons I've fallen head over heels in love with it, is because of the caliber of the humans that are a part of it. Chiropractic doesn't attract lazy people. It doesn't attract people that are just, eh, I don't know what I'll do today, I'll do this. It attracts passionate people that are on a mission. When you get enough of those people together, even when we're on different sides of the aisle, because truth be told, Jay and I don't see the profession totally completely the same way, which is one of the things I absolutely love about him and respect because I know his heart is pure. And I know he's doing what he thinks best. I'm doing what I think is best. And what, come to find out, we find each other on projects. 90% of the things we agree on and we're making those things work. And that's where the joy and the fun comes from. And I hope of anyone listening to this. That's what we have to get back to. We have to get back to the joy and the love of chiropractic. We have everything we need. We're just misusing the resources we have. We've got to get back to loving each other, having fun, taking vacations together, creating memories that are in a boardroom yelling at each other and at the bar laughing and having fun because at the end of the day, that's where purpose and passion ultimately grows. Man, drop the mic, motherfucker! Drop the mic.
2: That (laughs) that, was—I don't know—I don't (laughs) think you could end a podcast any better than that.
1: (laughs) Well, listen, guys. If you want to, if you want to see this in real life, if you want to come to some of our lectures, um, you know, look up in your state association. Chances are you're going to be around around us somewhere, sometime in America. I know we've got Michigan coming up, North Carolina. uh, We've got Florida, Florida coming up. Um, Baron, you you've got some places you're going to be. I'm going to be in, I'm be in
3: Australia, New Zealand um, here soon. So if this reaches that far, I'll be out there seeing all those guys. And then yeah, I'll hit the circuit hard in the fall of the year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll be out and about in the fall.
2: Baron, I got a connection for you in Australia. Um, so do yeah. me a favor, just offline, shoot me an email and just say connection Australia, and I'm gonna I'm gonna email
3: you. Okay. Perfect. Appreciate cool. it.
1: Cool. Yep. yep. Listen, Baron. I, it's been a lot of fun, a big blast. As it always is when we get together. But I, I just want to tell you, thank you for spending this hour with us today. Uh, really, a lot of fun, man.
3: I love yep. you guys, man. Awesome. And Thank you for the opportunity.
1: All right, I appreciate you, my co-host for my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. I'm Brad Cost. Have a good day. See y'all.
0: Your weekly dose of talk. Get ready, get ready. with the data jocks of talk.